Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. Well, this is our 26th podcast of What's the Story, Pekin? But very few of them have we talked about really the bedrock of the community, and that is the business community. I thought we'd dedicate one today to that very topic. And it brought to mind an event that the Pekin Chamber has annually called the Business Community, uh, Business and Community Recognition Luncheon. The last one was last October. Uh, recognized a lot of worthy individuals involved in business and professions. Uh, but they gave two special awards uh, that afternoon. One was the best small business and the business of the year. And I thought I would invite those two people here. Uh, first of all, the best small business is my good friend, <laughs> Terry Gambetti, who operates Leo's Art Studio at 408 Court Street. So, Terry, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me. Sure. And, of course, the business of the year is an iconic, established, perhaps the oldest business in Pekin known by all, and that's Steger's Furniture. So I have Jack Steger here. Jack, welcome. Thanks, Gary. Glad to be here. Great. Well, I guess my first question I'll ask really both of you, it's going to be, how do you have a business thrive in these difficult business times? And Terry, you started a new business yes. uh, right at a time when, and, and most of those with an entrepreneurial spirit just say, hey, I've got to do this. I've got to pursue this. It's a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. So really tell us a little bit about Leo's Art Studio, but start with really what motivated you to start this business. It was actually by accident, truly, Gary, that this happened. Um, my undergraduate work was art education many moons ago. And um, when I graduated from college, I did teach art for a period of time, but chose a career path that was very rewarding. And actually, Gary was my boss there of many of those 40 years, retiring at kind the... Of. Yeah, oh well, yeah, you were yeah. a lot of those Park years. Commissioner, yeah. At the Pekin Park District in... Um, the studio is named after my father, mm -hmm. Leo Matthews. Um, he had a building downtown Pekin at 408 Court Street that he ran for about 40 years. That was uh, real estate company Mauer and Matthews Realty. And it's in, uh, I have a passion for downtown Pekin because that's where I grew up. And just kind of by accident, I, well, I didn't, not by accident, I sold the building when he passed away, but by accident, I bought it back when I retired. Okay. Uh, Lisa and Denny Sheehan had purchased the building 25 years ago. And Lisa just said to me one day as I was getting close to retirement at the park district, you know, you need to buy that back. And I said, after 25 years, buy what back? She said, your dad's building. And I said, okay. It was just really, truly sure. meant to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's how I got where I am with the studio. Well, describe how it's a, a little bit different. I'm sure listeners might think uh, an art studio, they've been in others when they travel and see some. It's got these magnificent works of art on display, special lighting, <laughs> uh, featured items or, or, or productions in the doorway when you walk in and selling it for 
hundreds if not thousands of dollars <laughs> and i know your place is just a lot of fun it's a yeah. lot of people having Thank fun you. and, and really pursuing fun. and discovering the love of art they may not have known they had at birthday parties and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so tell us a little sure. bit about that well it uh the studio really creates um an environment for fun and a creative outlet for all ages. I love baby classes, mm. and I've had a 96-year-old in class. Um, we do just about anything what the community wants. As working at the Park District, I have a pretty close listening ear as to what the community wants and needs, and I can provide that. Um, fundraisers are extremely popular, and I really enjoy doing those. It's a form of giving back to the community. Um, I do all kinds of, you know, bachelorette parties, um, birthday parties. It, it's uh, really, it's whatever anybody wants. Um, girls' night out are real popular, but paint parties mm-hmm. is what it is. I don't have a, a cur- I'm not a curator of a sure. museum of artwork whatsoever. It's um, it's quite fun and, and quite silly at times. Well, I've, I've been there and walked in when you've had a group in that back room, and it looks like everyone's having a great, a great time. And they're working on one piece of work, and you go by, and everyone's drawing or painting the same thing, but they're yeah. laughing and having a great time. Yes. And probably at the end, they'll end up with a piece of artwork that they'll take home and put on the wall, and of course, have it blend in with their furniture and furnishings. Right. And I'm oh. sure that be the case. They more than likely have patronized Steger's Furniture, which if you haven't done that, then you, you really haven't to. lived in Pekin, really, quite honestly. So, so Jack, uh, you know, is it now third generation? I'm the third generation, okay. and I have two of my th- of uh, my kids in the business. Really? I have three kids, and two of them have joined the business, which I'm very proud of. Sure. It's, it's kind of gone full circle because I joined the business 36, 37 years ago, right out of college, and here I am knocking on 60 next week, and uh, I've got two kids in the business, so it's very rewarding. Well, first of all, an early happy birthday. Thank you. I remember when I turned 60, it was somewhat traumatic, and I'm still getting over <laughs> it eight, almost nine years later. Um, but, you know, the, the furniture business, I... I I see so many, and then I see some that no longer exist. What has been the secret to Steger's success, especially being in a small town? But I know you're looking at opening an establishment, I think, in Peoria. So that's probably based on the fact that you've drawn from there. So what do you attribute that to? You know, that's true. We are looking at opening a store in Peoria sometime mm-hmm. this summer. But um, we've been very fortunate. The community and the surrounding areas really supported us well. But I think that the main reason that's happened is, and and I've really tried to maintain this, and my dad started it. When we look at furniture and we buy furniture, we're not the we're not the the low end guy, and we're not the high end mm-hmm. guy. And we look for value, and we really do try to find furniture that has value, um, that's going to last, but it's not a museum piece. You know, you can use it, and I think that's been the success is that we really we really. We give good service. We treat our customer the way we want to be treated. I can give you all the cliches that everybody sure. uses, but we truly do believe in that. And uh, we're open. Uh, if someone calls and asks for me, they get me. Uh, if they call and ask for for my son, who's now kind of running the business along with my daughter, they pick up the phone and they talk to people. Great. We're there on Saturday. Uh, one of us is always in the building pretty much uh, at least six days a week, if not seven days a week. And if you have a problem or a question, we're there to, to solve the problem. Well, I know my my wife and I have been looking at 
maybe moving it's maybe a little heavier lift for me because home is home and if that if we decide to stay we'll make some changes much of it will be of course furnishings move somewhere we'll do the same thing but i was told if you if you find a place and you're not sure what you really want there then you go to steegers and you find some things you like you've measured it out but you wonder how will it look on the showroom floor is maybe different than our place and i've been told that you're willing to bring in the furnishings and if a plan b was really or your second choice may have been what you wanted you will accommodate that and make that change for them we obviously want our customers to be happy with what they purchase i mean there's a point we're not going to bring it out six times or anything like that but no we're not going to stick you with something that Mm -hmm. you don't want right Um, as long as you're willing to work with us we'll work with you come in reselect something else and we'll certainly bring it out and exchange it for you sure um and we do have um uh, brian's wife megan is now on staff and she does our interior design and she actually comes out if you're in question she will come out look at the space uh, help you plan what you need pick out the colors so uh, to date she hasn't made a mistake yet so uh, there's a lot of options we do have for you but sure. we're going to make sure you're happy so what's what's the starting date of the business your founding date of uh, it, it's 1937 my mm-hmm. grandfather started the business uh, uh, it was actually in February started in downtown Pekin uh, it's between where the Hardee's and the O'Reilly Auto Parts is across from the okay. old city hall. Mm-hmm. There's a parking lot there. That's where it started in the Split Gerber building. Uh, my grandfather rented the space and we t- started as a paint store. Sure. And then moved to our present location in 1959. And that's when we added flooring and uh, really got into the furniture business. Mm-hmm. And then my grand, my dad actually added an addition on in 72. And that's when we really started stocking furniture. I came into the business in 85, and in 1990, I had an addition on, and that's when I say we really got into the furniture business. Really? We're 50,000 square feet. Uh, we stock everything in our warehouse in North Pekin. You buy it on Saturday, and you get it on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know the, the service has been exceptional, and I've been there, and there's never been any pressure sales. Uh, if a, a person wants to look, and oftentimes you're talking with you know, whoever your spouse or whoever you're shopping with and you want to share ideas, and uh, I've, I've always appreciated that. So it's an impressive facility. Um, and a question for both of you, really, it's kind of how your business is evolving. So, Terry, as I was driving here, I was thinking about uh, all my years affiliated with the medallion hunt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, early on it was a composite disc that was reused every single year. Uh, the finder oftentimes you know, wanted to keep it. That was the one thing to look on their face when I always asked for it back for the next year was like, well, I don't get to keep that. I knew it was a treasured part of the hunt, so we started having it made to give to them. It's really a work of art, but it started out as uh, local artists making it, a number of different artists, but that evolved. And eventually we, we shifted to the high school to give you know, kids a chance to participate and become involved. And lately, it's been made of, um, it's a ceramic piece, if you will, and glassware. So it's it's changed over time. In what you do, if you employ different changing techniques, do you see that continuing? And what are some of the things that you're maybe not working with yet, but hoping to perhaps do in the future? Well, the studio is truly, it's art therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, It relieves stress, and 
we have a good time and um, people learn a new skill and that's why they keep coming back for more but I can't keep them coming back painting every time so whatever it is that they're interested in doing again the close listening ear to how our community ticks I'll make it work we do um, alcohol ink um, we do crafts I'll do watercolors really truly calligraphy classes um, one-on-ones you know it's really truly just whatever that person or that party or that group that uh, well just uh, the other day I did a fundraiser at St. Joseph's school and we did blow painting uh, it was just unique and different and you know you take a straw and a bunch of 30 adult women blowing paint <laughs> around <laughs> with a straw getting dizzy and lightheaded and giggling the whole entire way we had a great time but yes whatever whatever they want that is how I have changed just by trying to make it happen whatever they whatever their needs are well and I think what what helps is um, you know over the decades I've witnessed not only your passion but the friendliness you bring with it Thank and you. I would think anybody coming into your facility knows they're going to be welcome and someone who's had a proven history of dealing with creative thoughts and ideas and um, you know if there's someone who I, I can imagine wants to take up a hobby goes to Hobby Lobby sees all these different materials but mm -hmm. doesn't know where to start and who to turn to for direction and and you're one that I know will welcome them and really give them some ideas and then find really what's most adaptable for them so yes, you don't want someone to start in something that they get frustrated right away you you will know that and know how yes. to adjust I, I've changed that philosophy along the way too um, just from the people that enter the class um, are a bit frightened possibly don't know how to paint don't want to be their friends looking at them like oh boy what is that it doesn't look anything like it's supposed to look like <laughs> so I've started prior to the class with um, telling them that no one's is gonna no painting is gonna look alike and, mm -hmm. and that's the uniqueness that's the fun part of this is that it's a part of you and whatever you create is beautiful and moms and daughters will tend to do the same things or look like but all the others really they don't at all and um, we just you know we we just I make them have a good time I take them through step by step and I tell them that in advance no worries no worries I'm gonna take you through you know we, we name the brushes funny names so that you can remember which brush to pick up and and in the middle of class it, notoriously somebody always sips the paint water <laughs> or dips <laughs> their <laughs> it's okay it won't hurt you yeah. it just doesn't yeah. taste good yeah. or they dip their brush in the glass of wine sure so um <laughs> yeah so it's just really all about uh having a good time and the my favorite part of class is 10 minutes in because I've gotten through to them that oh my gosh I can do this mm -hmm. and this is rather fun and you just see a total relaxation appear on their face yeah. about 10 minutes in That's well you've always been highly creative so I knew it would come through in whatever business venture you pursued um speaking of evolving and of course in the furniture business Jack that is probably something you experience every day um Gosh, it's been maybe 15 years ago, maybe 20. Um, my wife and I were on a trip to Amsterdam, and we stayed in a hotel, and really across the way was an apartment building. And I remember the one right across was an apartment, and you saw the family. 
you get up in the, in the morning or in the evening, it'll, their curtains were open, and you couldn't help but observe the furnishings. And that was my first experience, which is pretty much known as IKEA today. Mm-hmm. Very utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that had a certain sense of, of, of warmth and comfort, but it did have a sense of utility. And I, I've seen the popularity and really the appeal in it. I know nowadays, um, you know, back in, in my day, you'd, you'd get furnishings with shelving where you could put stuff and display stuff and pictures and little knickknacks. This is not the in thing anymore. Um, so how has how has that changed, and how have you adjusted to that, or how do you see people uh, turning to that, or is it just a part of the business that you say, hey, there's people who want that, they can pursue that, that's fine, that's not who we are. Well, furniture's definitely changed, and the way people buy furniture has really changed. In fact, I've probably seen more change in the last five to seven years than the first 25 years really? that I did it. Obviously, the internet has changed the way people sure. buy furniture. Um, the good news for me is furniture on the internet never looks or fits right. or or sits like it does when you see it in a picture. Right. Uh, a lot of times, the scale is much different. They think they're buying a big piece of furniture, and it comes in, and it's a mm-hmm. small piece of furniture. So it hasn't affected our business in that way. Um, but um, furniture has definitely changed. Houses have gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, people used to buy console TVs. Now they need a plasma stand to put their TV sure. on, or they hang it on the wall and want something to go underneath it. Bedrooms have gotten bigger. We used to sell mostly fulls and queens. Now it's very common to sell king size. Um, so, so, so there's definitely been a lot of change as far as styles has constantly changed. Everything has gotten more casual. Um, there really isn't much country anymore. Um, traditional is not uh, extremely popular. Everything is more casual. We live in our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the styles have changed too. So there's just been a lot of change. Do you, do you find that there's more turnover now? Um, I mean, people having furniture, wanting to change or tiring of that versus older people like us that have stuff that will you know will be are, are older than our children you know it just it just kind of happens absolutely furniture has become more disposable mm-hmm. just like everything uh, people don't buy a piece of furniture and then want to reupholster it three times like maybe my grandmother did mm-hmm. it's not cost effective to reupholster that's why there's really no upholsterers left really um, so furniture has gotten more disposable but we kind of specialize in somebody that wants to buy a piece of furniture and they do want to hang on to it for a while they don't want to just keep it for a couple years it looks terrible when you throw it away and get another one like an ikea type product Um, but most people will buy furniture three or four times in their lifetime especially in the living room and change it Um, so they don't want to spend too much but yet they don't want to get something too inexpensive that they do have to replace it every few years sure well i think you know that's something that uh you know will stand the test of time that things will always change uh, and furnishings will change the cool thing is that there's a furniture store that you know is multi-generational that will always be here. So if your cha- uh, tastes or desire for change is there, Steers is obviously the, the place to go. And to both of you, you you've got people who are dedicated to the community. Uh, you both have uh, talents and skills and services that could play anywhere, but you've made it kind of a cornerstone of, of Pekin, and I appreciate that. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, I would like to share a congratulatory to mm. Gary <laughs> for being the business leader of the year. Um, we all got to sit at the same table sure. together. It was great. It, w- it was great fun. 
Well, when I got that email, I you know from Amy McCoy, it was first of all, you know, Amy, you know, I am retired, Mm -hmm. Uh, and she, of course, she knew that. But I've like the both of you, I've had a passion for giving back and and Mm -hmm. believe in in doing that. So retirement has allowed that. I also asked if she if we're going to have a recount on that. So (laughs) I haven't heard yet, but I've got the award, so I'll keep it for now. So. Well, and thank you for that. Um, it was it was a special tribute, and it was great sitting with people I've known for for a long time at that mm-hmm. special front table. So that yeah, was great. I love peeking. It's uh, Jack's daughter and daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. and my daughter uh, Megan and Beth and Bailey are besties and have been mm-hmm. forever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's great, and that's one of the advantages of yes. living in a smaller smaller community and enjoying that sense of community. So mm-hmm. I thank both of you for coming. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. And I want to thank Mike Eaton, our sound guy, the producer uh, as well, for for being here. I want to thank the Pekin Library, as always, for providing the passport room that we always, uh, always meet in. And thank you, the listener, for participating. Feel free to send us your thoughts or comments. I welcome any ideas uh, to come up with uh, people or topics you want to hear about. Sending us an email to uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a great day.